happy National Day of Prayer. It's Jamie here, and Alana and I just wanted to have a special episode, kind of a bonus episode today to commemorate the National Day of Prayer. Um, This year, 2023, the National Day of Prayer falls on May the 4th, and oh my goodness, it's not only the National Day of Prayer, y'all. It is also Star Wars Day. For those of you that are Star Wars nerds, like I obviously am, um, May the 4th is Star Wars Day, and many of you will know why. May the 4th be with you. I know, it's kind of corny, but it's really funny. I just found out about that several years ago, and I thought, why didn't I think of that? So in addition to being Star Wars Day, today, Thursday, May the 4th, 2023, is more importantly the National Day of Prayer. Now, I can sometimes get a little bit intimidated and even paralyzed on the National Day of Prayer. And I know it sounds silly, but maybe you can relate. I feel like I've got to get the right resources. Like, what are the right bullet points? Am I doing it right? Am I you know, supposed to be joining something? Um, there is no wrong way to commemorate and observe the National Day of Prayer. If you are an American citizen, you live here in the United States and you're not a citizen, um, just pray. That is the point. It is, there's an official presidential proclamation that goes out. And I think it's amazing that this happens. And the whole point is, I would say it definitely is a reminder to pray for our country. Now, I know that there are people from almost every single country in the world who listen to this podcast. I look at our stats and I am blown away by the number of countries represented in our listenership. So wherever you're joining us from, whether you're in the United States today, whether you're an expat somewhere in another country today, or whether you have never been to the US in your whole life and never planned to, join us. This is a day of, I I would say, focus on prayer for your country, wherever you live, because there is so much power in taking time to just open the floodgates of God's kingdom power and unleashing that power here on earth as it is in heaven. I love the National Day of Prayer to think about the fact that here in the U.S., many, many people, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are joining together, maybe millions, I hope, are joining together to maybe not at the same time or the same place or even the same exact topic, but to bend God's ear on behalf of our country. But that's not all. Bend God's ear on behalf of whatever, whomever is on your heart today. So I would give you a little tip. If you're feeling like me, a little paralyzed and you're like, where are my bullet points? What do I pray for? Um, Even if you don't have bullet points, set a timer for two minutes, spend one minute praying for the people, the issues, the things that are heavy on your heart and spend one minute praying for the things, the issues, the people in this country that are important and just asking God's power to be unleashed in in your country today, wherever that may be. And there's power in that. Now there's so much more you can do. And I would say on the national day of prayer, it would be a great day to make a little more time to pray, but 
take that two minutes as a starting point. And if that's the only thing you do, that's going to be huge. Don't discount that. And absolutely two minutes of prayer is better than being paralyzed because you don't have a big chunk of time and you don't pray at all. So that's our charge to you today. Just pray wherever you are for whatever it is that you need to want to have to pray for. Pray, just pray today. There are way more resources though, and you can absolutely go to the official um, National Day of Prayer website. So just go to nationaldayofprayer.org and it will give you tons of resources. This episode that we're going to air will also give you some resources. Um, So to shift gears from just the National Day of Prayer to this actual episode, we are airing this kind of throwback episode today in honor of, I would say, one of my heroes of the faith, Jennifer Kennedy Dean. Um, She passed away tragically in June 2019, and the world is missing just a, a champion for prayer, an amazing treasure trove of wisdom, and uh, just someone who I think had so many important things to say on the topic of prayer and faith. So this interview doesn't even touch the tip of the iceberg of all of the things that she has to say. Um, I would recommend her book. It's kind of her flagship work. She says in this interview that um, Live a Praying Life, the book and the workbook, are kind of the culmination of 40 years of adventures with God, adventures in prayer that she kind of distilled into this incredible work. But she has written, I think over 40 books, too many books to count. So um, you can find her anywhere. Just search for Jennifer Kennedy Dean and any of her books would be great, but I would start with Live a Praying Life, the book and the workbook. But yeah, I would love for you to join us for this interview to commemorate the National Day of Prayer. Um, One of her books was actually chosen as kind of a sanctioned book for the National Day of Prayer. So she'll talk about that in the interview as well. Um, But I would just love to yeah, commemorate the National Day of Prayer with this throwback interview from May of 2018. And um, yeah, I was literally in the process of communicating with her assistant to get her scheduled to come on the praying Christian women podcast. Cause she had come on to the prevailing prayer podcast when Alana and I had a different podcast in 2018. That was what this interview is from. She's never been on the praying Christian women podcast. I posted a bonus episode um, with her in it kind of as a throwback as well. Um, and that episode aired in June of 2019 shortly after her passing, just to kind of celebrate her life and remember her. Um, But yeah, I was in the process of planning her, scheduling her to come on the podcast when I heard of her passing. And so um, she's just a great person to have on today because she has always been an advocate for the National Day of Prayer and just for prayer in general. So I hope you'll take this interview that we, that we're, airing today as a gift, um, as a remembrance of her life, a celebration of her life, and just as a reminder of the incredible power of prayer and a reminder that 
just if you haven't already, take some time today to pray wherever you're from, wherever you are right now, just pray. All right. Have a wonderful day. And again, happy National Day of Prayer. Hi, guys, and welcome to a very special episode of the podcast. Um, Today, I have with me Jennifer Kennedy-Dean, and Jennifer is the Executive Director of the Praying Life Foundation. She's a respected author and speaker, and she's an author of too many books to count, um, Bible studies, magazine articles, specializing in prayer and spiritual growth. So you can see why we wanted to have her on the program today. Um, And her book, Hearts Cry, has been named the National Day of Prayer's recommended resource, which is really pretty timely since this Thursday coming up is the National Day of Prayer. So at the end of this interview, we're going to talk a little bit about that also. Her book, Living a Praying Life, which is just really amazing, one of my favorites, is um, has been called a flagship work on prayer. And Jennifer speaks all over the world, calling God's people to discover the difference between a prayer life and a praying life. And I just really love that. And also, Jennifer, in 2005, Jennifer was widowed after 26 years of marriage to Wayne Dean, um, who is her partner in life and in ministry, and their parents of three grown sons. And now, how many grandkids, Jennifer? Seven. And number eight is on the way. Number eight is on the way. Congratulations. And when? When is that going to happen? July, mid-July. Oh, so it's coming up. All right. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Um, Well, I want to give you all kind of the short version of how this interview came about, because I just felt like God really was behind this and his hand was on it. Um, A listener actually um, came away from the Fatalism podcast, our episode just a few weeks ago on fatalism, with some more questions about fatalism and really struggling with, as many of us do, with why should we even pray if God already knows what he's going to do? And I had just finished chapter one of Live a Praying Life, which talks about why pray. And I just felt like God just brought you to my mind. And the, our, our listener even said, could you maybe interview an expert? And so as soon as she said that, I thought, I know who that I want to interview. And I just thank you so much, Jennifer, for being willing to talk with us today. So um, my pleasure. Yeah. So um, I just want to start out a little bit. Um, see if you could share a little bit about your own journey that led you to this ministry of, of prayer that you're, you're involved in now. Yeah. So when I was growing up, my mother was was just a prayer warrior before prayer warriors were cool. <laughs> and uh, prayer was so, oh, she was always searching. She was always learning. She was on a, always on a God adventure. And when I was 19, my brother, who was 17, was diagnosed with leukemia. And prayer was the whole focus of how my family responded. And he um, passed away. And so that left me in a crisis of all that prayer. And then he died anyway. And that is what launched me into digging deeper, understanding, figuring out what, what prayer is and what does God promise through prayer. He does not promise that every single thing you think up for him to do, he will do. That's not what he promises. But the promise of prayer is, is spectacular. So I just love to, that's kind of the starting point. And the question that your listener has, we have all got to figure that out. And sometimes we think that's a hard question. It might be rude to ask God that because that might put him on the spot. But turns out he knows the answer. I love that. And um, so you you kind of talk about, you you have a summary that I really loved in chapter one of Live a Praying Life, 
you really had the thing that I love the most about this book is that it's so biblical. It's not even, it doesn't even draw scripture in. It's based on scripture. So could you just kind of um, talk a little bit about those biblical foundations that you kind of came to as you did your research? Yeah. And, and let me just say about live a praying life. That's my, that's my centerpiece. That's what I live for. It's 40 years of searching. So it's quite detailed. So when I say that it's not complicated, but it's like pull every thread. So I'm not going to get into all the weeds. I'm not going to go every place I go in detail, but let me give you kind of an overview. Here's what you come to understand. First of all, is God going to change his mind? Because if he is, then that means he's kind of flying by the seat of his pants, you know, kind of making stuff up as he goes. And and maybe he could be influenced by someone who's very articulate or persuasive. But the scripture tells us that God knows the end from the beginning. And there's no point at which he's going to say, oh, yes, your idea is better than mine. And yet... He has put prayer into the, into the equation of how our relationship works so that prayer is essential. What prayer does, it doesn't give God new information. It doesn't make him want something he didn't want before. It doesn't change his mind. But here's what it does. It reaches over what the scripture calls the gap. It is a force that reaches over the gap grabs hold of the power and provision of God, pulls it through that gap, and brings it into the circumstances of earth. And and the scripture, and, and in Live a Praying Life, as you know, I go into a lot of detail to help us look through the totality of scripture, not making up a prayer theology based on a verse here and a verse there, but the fullness of scripture that shows us that 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 is exactly what God, what prayer does is it, it accesses all the power of heaven for the circumstances of earth. Sometimes, often, when the power of God is accessed in the circumstances of earth, it doesn't look like we would have scripted it to look. It doesn't look how we might have prescribed it to look. But it's but we have to watch and wait and see what God is doing. And if we let things unfold. So let me just go back to my brother. So all the prayer for his healing. There was a year between his diagnosis and his, and his death. So many things happened in that year. Relationships, people came to the Lord. Amazing things happened. But he died. Now, here's what I have come over all these years to believe with all my heart. That was the best yes to his healing. Is he healed? He is healed. And, you know, sometimes we just have these very small definitions. Healing can only look one way. But when you walk it out with God, when you live a praying life, when you live in a relationship with him, you can come to trust that that his yes is the best yes. It's not about belief in an outcome. It's about faith in God. And I'm just real quickly, one more thing. So 45 years later, adults who are now becoming grandparents, whose, whose lives were impacted by my brother, are different because of that very experience. Yeah. And in your book, I love, you have a, I think it's in Live a Praying Life. Um, you have a diagram and I wish I had it to show, and maybe we'll, um, I, I don't know, but you guys will have to get the book. You really do. Um, but it, it looks at, you know, 
typically our perspective on prayer is you have a prayer request and an answer, a prayer request and an answer. But what we need to look at is prayer request, prayer request, prayer request, and God intervening through all of it. Like you have this arrow going through every single thing. It's not one at a time. Just like you can't take one verse of scripture out of context. You can't take one life event or even prayer request out of the context of God's huge, unknowable, unfathomable will. And I love that. Yes, you can't define how God has worked in your life by one circumstance. You can't define it circumstance by circumstance. So you have an event in your life and the outcome of it is not what you hoped it would be. If you watch and see how that positions you for the next thing God is going to do, which trains you for the next thing that's going to fall into place, and you get down the road a little bit and you look back and you say, oh, I see, I couldn't be here if I'd never been there. And you just, you trust that God is working out a big plan. Well, and our listener, you know, had several specific questions, but okay. in kind of wrapped up in that, um, you know, it, it rem- well, I'll, I'll just read this one little bit of, the, of one of the questions. She gave me permission to share. And um, this was addressed directly in your book, actually. She says, since I know that God already knows what's going to happen, and I believe that he's already made decisions about things, what good is it for me to pray about anything? I've been reading through Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, where Moses prayed the Lord would not destroy his people. And the Lord did change his mind, change his mind. However, yeah. I don't see that happening in the New Testament where something someone prayed God changed God's mind. So, yeah. Well, in live a praying life, we just d- dive right into that. Because mm-hmm. once, once you look at God is not going to change his mind and you look at the totality of what he's revealed about himself, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind and over and over again. And then you say, oh, yeah, but God changed his mind when Moses prayed. So, again, in the, in the study, you're going to go into great detail, but let me just give you an overview. You, first of all, you understand that the Old Testament, we are, seeing, we are being told the story as it looked from earth. Every story looks different if you tell it how it looks from heaven. Hmm. Okay, so, so Moses, here's Moses and the people have turned away from God and they've earned for themselves the wrath of God. They've earned death. That's what sin earns. But God does, that is not what God desires for them to receive. And so when God wants to intervene and change the course events are taking on their own, he calls an intercessor. So here comes Moses. And you have to understand, first of all, that Moses' heart and God's heart are so closely entwined that the heart of God has become the heart of Moses. And, and you know that God does not want, it is not his desire for the people to get what they deserve because of this. What they deserve, what they've earned is, I will destroy this nation, Moses, and make a great nation out of you. That's what they've earned. But God doesn't want to destroy the nation and make a great nation out of Moses because Moses comes from the tribe of Levi and the Messiah comes from the tribe of Judah. So, We know that that's not God's desire. So what does he do? He places in the heart of Moses his very own desire. Don't destroy the name. Don't give them what they deserve. Show them mercy instead. Now, do you think that God says, you're right. I don't know what I was thinking. Thank you for keeping me from making a mistake. (laughs) No, no, 
no. It shows the force of prayer and the necessity of prayer that though God desires to bring mercy where judgment is coming, he, he, he requires an intercessor to be in place to, again, reach into the heavens, grab hold of his power and provision, bring it into the circumstances of earth. And when you put the whole picture together, carefully, piece by piece, pulling every thread as we go, you're going to see that Moses did not change God's mind. Moses shared God's mind. I think that's that was really the key that... Um for me, just reading that, because I struggle with fatalism and questions sure. of whether my prayers matter. I mean, sure. it, it really, it's something everyone That's wonders. And sure. when I read that, though, it just gave me so much hope that, sure, God doesn't change his mind, but he's chosen. I mean, you say this in your book, he has chosen to include us for whatever right. reason. Why on earth right. he would do that? We don't know. But he's yeah. chosen to include us in this process of unleashing his power on earth. And kind of like yeah. you said, that I don't the basically pulling down some of those the his will in heaven like Jesus said thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven That's and that right. gives me hope yeah because we're all intercessors yeah and, and That's right. yeah and and imagine now let's think if God because really we're kind of a lot of trouble so so why would God pull us into his activity through prayer. Why wouldn't he just work around us? And then that would save him a lot of trouble, but he loves us so much, wants us in a dynamic relationship with him, a relationship that matters. So he has designed prayer so that we are necessary to what he's going to do on the earth. He has, he calls us into his activity by prayer. Think if he didn't do that. Think if he did work around us instead of through us. We would never see his hand. We'd just go, well, that's the way I went. Well, that turned out okay. Yeah. And but when he when he imparts into our hearts his heart, and by that calls us into prayer, and then we see what we've already seen in here happen out here. Yeah. We see the hand of God. Absolutely. So my podcast partner, Alana, is a Christian fiction author. So she writes um, basically about, um, well, many different things. But one of the things that that in one of her recent books, um, it was called Abridged. And she there was a scene and it, it dealt with prayer mm-hmm. where there's someone praying and that person, um, you know, they start off not really knowing how to pray, not having a clear answer one way or another. And as they and and another group of believers get together and pray, their prayers start to take shape. And it's like the Holy Spirit begins to give them boldness in praying in a certain direction. And Mm -hmm. so it's just really, um, I think we've all maybe experienced that a little bit. And so I just, I love that what you're saying and just what your book has really encouraged me to do um, rather than pray harder, is yeah. is to really listen and and you do uh, the one one other thing that I didn't really plan to ask you about um, is you had a resource on your website about listening the listening mm-hmm. prayer mm-hmm. and so could you just talk a little about that that I think is really important for this because it sort of sets the stage for having our hearts become yeah. like God's what, it, yeah. what is that about because you know one of the things we miss we miss is that. The primary skill in prayer is not speaking, it's listening. It's in the listening, the speaking is formed. 
Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so you're referring to a free article on the website, which anybody yes. can just get and download, go to the, go to my website, go to the store, go to free and you will find it, but different tools and ways for you to learn how to listen from the word of God, listen for the Holy spirit to speak to you. And, and it's an, um, it's a process it's an ongoing thing that in, in your continual walk with him, he begins to surface thoughts and ideas and shape and mold prayers. And, you know, and you don't always know, like sometimes we think our inadequacy in prayer is, I don't know what to pray, so I can't pray. What, by mm-hmm. which we mean, I'm not sure what to tell God to do. Right. You know? <laughs> but when we come to understand that the name of Jesus let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Those are all the words you really need to get the job done. But in the process of that intimacy of relationship, God will begin to form prayers in you and you will have the confidence and the understanding that that's what, not that you have now figured out what God should do, but that God has formed in your heart what has been in his heart. Right. And you know, what Alana likes to say a lot of times is we're not always going to get it right. When we're listening, yeah. you know, but the closer you get to God, the more you're looking to scripture, the more you are going to get it right. But also yeah. to give yourself that grace of, you know what, there's a mystery there yeah. that we're never going to figure out or, yeah. you know, pigeonhole. But yeah, but yeah, I love that. So yeah, definitely. Um, if you're interested in that article about listening, the listening prayer, can you just give them a, we'll talk at the end, we'll give another, okay. um, you know, we'll let them yeah. know about your website, but what is, where would they find that? Is that um, a praying life? Prayinglife.org, praying.org. Okay. Go to the store tab, and under the store tab, go to the free tab. Okay. And among other things, you'll find an article on listening prayer. Yes. So before we let you go, I just I wanted to talk for a couple of minutes. Um, your book Hearts Cry has mm-hmm. been basically endorsed by the National Day of Prayer as a a, a resource that's mm-hmm. worth reading. So the National Day of Prayer is coincidentally, not coincidentally, yeah. we planned it that way, yeah. on Thursday. So could you, um, what are some ways we can commemorate this day and how does your book kind of um, partner with the National Day of Prayer? Yeah, it's a it's a 12, it's a 12 week, you can use it as a devotional book, a book or, or a Bible study, but it just, it, it deals with 12 aspects aspects of prayer and it has discussion questions and reflection questions and so it's it's really just a resource to help us understand that prayer is more than just a day the national day of prayer i love because because we come together with, with one heart and there's this great outpouring of prayer around the world even or but certainly around the nation but uh but it's more than that if if all you do is pray on one day then, then you'll miss out on the whole thing. So it's just a it's just a resource that is um, available to help help you understand the bigger picture of prayer. And what are some things that that we can do on the National Day of Prayer? What are some some yeah. things that you could suggest that we could do to? Yeah, National Day of Prayer. Um, go to their website and they have all kinds. You can be live at the National Day of Prayer commemoration in Washington, D.C. I'm usually there. I'm not going to be this year, but it's very moving and and wonderful. Uh, They have all kinds of resources. If you want to put together in your community or in your church, your own way of getting together. The main thing about National Day of Prayer is pray together. There is power in praying together, Mm -hmm. but there are so many digital, um, digital ways to be participating 
rating, and then they'll give you lots and lots of resources that you can put together your own local observation. Great. And, and on the website, you may look and find that there is a local gathering that you didn't even know was happening. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. Yeah. Okay. Well, can you just, um, how can listeners connect with you and what, yeah. what are some yeah, ways that they can connect? Because I'm certain that a lot of them want to learn more about yeah. you know, what you have to well, say. Well, head to prayinglife.org. And, it, in, and like I say, we've got that free tab. We give everything free we can. There are lots of resources there. You'll find all the books and Bible studies so you can see if any of them would be something that you want to look at. You have um, sign up for our newsletter. I promise you that we do not flood your, your inbox with emails. In fact, we, we just get around to it three or four times a year, but we try to give you valuable information in the newsletter. Check out the blog, like me on Facebook, check, uh, Instagram, all those, all those things. Just, just connect. I try, I try to give you really uh, co good content. I try not to just chit chat and tell you stuff about my grandkids, though sometimes I do, but I try to try to produce good content. All right. Well, thank you so much. Well, do you have any specific prayer requests for yourself, for your ministry or personal? Well, I just, you know, if my name comes to mind, I just always want my heart and my life to be open, to be able to hear new and fresh word from the Lord or new, new and fresh way to say old truths and that he will just open the doors he wants open and I will go through them. Okay. If you don't mind, I'm going to say a prayer for you before we go. Thank you. Thank you. God, we just give you so much thanks just to see your hand at work bringing Jennifer here and just her willingness to share her time and her wisdom with us. We lift her up to you, God, just um, praying that you would continue to use her as a tool to further your kingdom, to encourage people in their prayer lives, and to just fight the lies that the enemy just constantly throws at us about prayer and and how powerless we feel. God, I just pray that she would empower people to feel emboldened in their prayer lives. And we pray for just a renewed vision and just continued inspiration that would come through your Holy Spirit, that your words and ideas would just flood her, that she would just continue to be a vessel through which you bring glory to yourself and minister to the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.